Welcome everybody to The Outside Edge, a podcast from Extreme Adrenaline Junkies for Extreme Adrenaline Junkies, or whatever I'm trying to say. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Joined by my co-host, Chad Briscoe. What's happening? How's it going? How you doing, Chad? Oh yeah, baby. And my producer, Mikey Lee. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? What do you think of the new studio? This is the great. The all-new Marvel studio. <laughs> the are. kids love it. And the, the dogs even yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the new Marvel studios we moved, which is a lot nicer for me because it's a lot closer to the house. Yeah. Makes uh-huh. it a little nicer. Uh, it's easier to get into. You don't have to go up steps. Exactly. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it does it. also mean, though, that I'm just going to show up drunk and naked at your house in the middle of the night. <laughs> Perfect. Because it's right down the road. Thank God we're not on a vlog I'll just, yet. I'll just knock on the door. On the door. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Look at my waiter. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Man, we played a fun game this weekend. So, uh, you know, the coronavirus is hitting so damn hard. And everybody's on a little bit Dude, of freak out. Right? So crazy, man. So uh, Chad had a couple of buddies that uh, we've known for a long time and they want to come over. And I'm like, you know, I'm a little worried about that. You know, one guy's coming from Tampa. One guy's coming from Orlando. So we we're very strict on. Oh, great. Yeah. We're everybody's sick. Come on over. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but we did play a fun game. Yeah. What was it called? Spike. Uh, spike ball. Spike ball. You ever heard of spike ball? No, I haven't. What's spike ball? Yeah. Explain it. So it's like a um, probably a two. What do you say? Two foot by two foot net. A little trampoline net that you put on the uh, on the ground like a mini trampoline. And it's a two on two game. And it's you play with like a mini volleyball. And uh, you get three hits back and forth to your teammate and then you gotta spike it back on the net okay so and then once it hits the net the other team gets oh it. wait no i three have hits. seen this you have, you have yeah seen yeah it? yeah, have yeah, you yeah. It? no i haven't it's is a it? lot of fun oh is it's it? a riot it's a riot like you get you get moving like yeah. it's not easy because you can actually hit it back into your own self yeah and then they have to come around and try to retrieve you try that. to fuck the other team pretty much wow to yeah. by hitting the ball to where they can't hit it that's so, uh, yeah it sounds awesome so yeah we had a weekend doing that and on the boat Man, I hate you guys. You know what we did this weekend? What'd you do? We stayed at home and uh, we watched a lot of TV. I uh, we dug a garden, Aww. and by we I mean me. I dug it. Um, hey, that's what you get <laughs> now that you're uh, domesticated again. <laughs> uh, but no, she helped out a lot, and uh, but that was it. Like we dug a garden. Uh, I put a new air conditioner in here. Set this all up. You know. For those of you that don't know, Mike has moved in with my niece, so they are now an official live-in couple together. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, it's official. It's, there it is. He's gardening. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Every night in the bedroom, baby. Yeah, right here for the there first two days. <laughs> and get the dishes done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've got a cool guest today. So, you know, we said a couple episodes ago that we want to bring on people that have, uh, you know, been through the coaching either on my bus tour or changed their life. And uh, this is a really cool story because this is when I did the bus tour, I used to travel around the U.S., and, you know, I had a, a 40-foot diesel pusher bus. I had the boat behind it and actually the Harley on that. And I'd have 25 to 29 stops that I would do around the U.S. Well, I'd always be, it was tough to time this every year, right? I mm-hmm. used to go up the East Coast first and then I'd have to fight with weather because, you know, you got that early April, May coldness still. So I changed it up and I went south first. And the other good thing about going south first was the schools typically get out a month earlier. Yeah. You know, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, you know, Mississippi, they all get out usually in May. So I'd get those out of the way in April and May. And then I'd usually hit the West Coast in June. 
mm-hmm. you know, which was kind of cold. But July, during the peak season of the time, I'd be in the Midwest. Yeah. So I'd Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, uh, what else? Michigan, you know, all the Indiana, all the really hot spots of show skiing. And then I'd have a huge gap to try to go between there and back to New England, where I'd usually finish my stops. So I met this guy. Uh, he's the first. This is the biggest accolade I got for him. At 40 years old, he learned an air rally. That's a big deal. Oh, wow. That's, that's a Superman looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me bring him on. My buddy, Mike Klein. Oh, yeah, baby. Mikey, what's happening, brother? Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, it was really good seeing you here a couple of weeks ago when I was down there. So catch up on old times. As it always is. As it, so Mike lives in the middle of, it's called Holmes County, Ohio. Okay. And let you know, as Lancaster, Pennsylvania is kind of being the traditionally Amish area. Mm-hmm. Well, they've kind of saturated it. They've turned it into kind of a tourism area. And it's really not the magical Amish country that used to be. Yeah. The largest population now is Holmes County, Ohio. And here I come wheeling in with a 40 foot diesel pusher bus. Oh, and boy. I got nothing but horse and buggies as far as the eye can see. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's how I met Mike. So, Mike, tell, tell that story a little bit, how we how we met and how it all happened. Well, it's, it's really interesting how that how this all came about, getting to know you. Uh, I actually came down to Winter Haven and stayed at Lake Roy Beach Inn back in, it would have probably been 98 or 99. And uh, then through my uncle, I met you because uh, I had two friends that were riding with you that week. And then... Like the next year, uh, I gave you a call and I came to Illinois to ride with you for three days at, uh, was it Extreme Power oh, Sports? Extreme maybe? Power Sports on Lake Titicaca. Yeah, that's and, my favorite lake out there, man. I love that one. <laughs> and then uh, the following year, you called me and said that you've got a gap here. And I got a bunch of buddies that rode together here. And I think we did what? Like four or five years here? Yeah, yeah. We did them consistently every year, and it was a perfect stop. But the coolest part that that I didn't get, you know, because I wasn't that educated on the whole Amish lifestyle. Yeah. But um, I guess it's better if you explain it, Mike, but how how you get your time off, your your freedom for two years as a teenager. Sure. Uh, It's, it's, uh, well, they call it rumspringa, which basically means running around. Um, So from about the age of 16... Uh, now, this varies so much from one Amish denomination to another one, but the rule of thumb is from about 16 until maybe 20, 21, uh, you kind of get to go sow your wild oats and do your crazy stuff. You know, you'll drive a car, go to parties and all that stuff, and then they'll make the decision if they want to go back to the Amish church or not. And uh, like the church that I grew up in, they retain about 85% of their kids go back to the Amish church, which is kind of crazy. But that's high. I would think that's pretty high too, because I mean, I I don't know anything about it, but when you go from like working all day in the farm and the barn, milking cows and doing farm stuff and building barns by hand, and then you go, wait a minute, there's strip clubs in the world. (laughs) Then, then all of a sudden it seems like that's not such a good life. It shows you how bad (laughs) the strip clubs are in Ohio. I I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's kind of, 85% 85% retention yeah, that's strong that's like that's that that's really strong yeah it is that's uh, better than good. Trump's university <laughs> <laughs> anyone <soon>. anyone <laughs> <laughs> 
onward. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I so you know I, I got educated a lot, and and Mike grew up strict Amish, but then you li- you live. So how do you say now? You you're Mennonite still, I guess you'd call it. Right? Well, hold on, I have questions here. Yeah, don't go, get don't them out. skip too far ahead. Get them out. So so you went and did your? Uh, do you call it room room stronger? What is it? Room Springer. Room Springer. You went and did it, and then you decided to stay. Yes. Really? Uh, I met my wife, and, uh, we, which I was really into sports at the time, playing a lot of uh, competitive slow-pitch softball all over the U.S., and I didn't want to go back. Wait. So hold on. Wait, wait. You did not want to go back? No, not, not to the Amish church, no. Oh, okay. So you did not stay. You were not part of the 85% that st- stuck around. No, I am in the 15%. Gotcha. All right. All right. I was confused there for a second. What kind of things did you do on your room springer? Dude, I'm not getting into this. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We need to know. I just did what every other 18-year-old does. <laughs> all right. Here and run cops. <laughs> all right. All right. There is like, what is the rule, though, that the Amish are allowed to have a boat? That one always blew me away. You can't have a car to pull it, but it's but it's okay to have a boat. Yes. Uh, now, again, there's like eleven different levels of from the most conservative to the most liberal uh, Amish. So, the least cons- the most conservative would not be allowed to own a boat. Some of them are allowed to own a boat with just a tiller, not a steering wheel. Okay. And like my buddy, which I, you met my buddy Ivan. Yeah. He is FBA. Uh, full-blown Amish, FDA. and he uh, he bought a brand-new Ranger walleye boat fishing. Okay. You know? um, so a lot of Amish uh, do a lot of fishing, so boats are pretty much a common thing. Right, especially the Nautique with a big tower and speakers that are blasting at 9,000 decibels. Yeah, I'm sure you see that all over Amish communities. Yeah. You know, it was funny. So I went there. <laughs> you do. They're everywhere. And half the time they won't own the truck. They'll, they'll buy the truck and somebody else will drive it for them and tow the boat at, down to the lake, put it in. Once they're in the boat, it's all good. Then you're all good. And the funniest part to me is, so Mike would bring me up there for the Amish wakeboard fest. They actually have an Amish wakeboard fest. And all the girls would come walking up and they're like, I don't know what you call them. They're like a burlap. They're yeah, like they're a, they're they're like a, what do you call the dresses that the girls all wear? Dresses. Yeah, but it's all the one. It's like a burlap material. Like it's very. Well, you're looking for a term like a burka or something that you know Middle Eastern. I know it's not a burka, it, it, yeah. but you're looking for something. It's all like the that. same. It's all the, right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the same long, very co- covered all yeah, the way from head to toe. With but it's little, just a little, but it, yeah. and there's and there there's not a word for it. It's just a dress. Just that's a, the way they wear. Yeah, that's what they wear. Their garb. Yeah. And they have the little head thing on too as well. And they went into the dressing room and it was like a transfer box. These girls were going in and coming out with bikinis. Wow. It, it was bizarre. It was so bizarre. Yeah. And that is bizarre. At the Amish Wakeboard Face, I am fast. I'm very proud to say that I am one of the first outsiders that got an Amish girl to show me her boobs. What? Yeah. Oh my God. That deserves a huge round of applause. Yeah. I was pretty proud of that one. <laughs> And then, Mike, you learned your first Rayleigh. You got to tell the Rayleigh story. This is a great one. Oh, boy. I think that was the last year you were here. Um, I What happened with wakeboarding here was there was this huge movement back in the early 2000s. And then it kind of slowly died off. 
and then now it's picked up steam like crazy again. But the last year we you were here, um, I was like, I want to learn a rally, and you told me I'm too old. And it, never, uh, never would it I say all- that. <laughs> How's that? Never would I say that. No, no, of course not. And I like my favorite thing about you coaching was when you just took an absolute beater and just turned your eyeballs inside out. You drove the boat around. And you were like, perfect. You're right there. Like bull crap. <laughs> I almost died. <laughs> but I, uh, I did a rally that day and you had said it's the easiest trick to do. And, uh, then I think one of the last tricks I ever did was another rally. Yeah, that didn't end well. That's so, the one that you finally caught the edge on. Oh yeah, like yeah. he, I had it down ninety five percent. So, you know, every once in a while when you're up in the air, you just throw the handle and eat it. But this one, I thought I could pull out, and woof. Well, we so started that, the same way with you that, and actually, so Chad, he learned the rally the exact same way. And that's where we actually take the bindings off the board and you learn how to cut into the wake and drift it without the board on your feet and then pull it back down. And, uh, Chad, you can talk about some of your experience on that too, because Chad had seen, you know, he, he's my son. So he watched me coach for his whole life and watch people go through the learning curve of taking the dingers on this. So there's probably nobody on the planet more petrified of trying this for the first time than Chad. But you remember that when you yeah, started? I, I did that shit off the wake skate for like five years. <laughs> I am not doing it really. I'm not catching that toe side edge. Now, wait a second. What is the, what is the uh, wake skate? So the wake skate is kind of like a skateboard on water. Instead okay. of a, a wakeboard, a, t- a traditional wakeboard, it's a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes they're made out of wood, and they have uh, non-skid on them, so you wear sneakers on them. Okay, it's just like a skateboard. skateboard oh, okay, on, gotcha. water. on water, basically. And yeah, they do. They're, they're you're you're jumping the wake. How can you, you do a rally with that? Well, you, you learn you ditch how to, the board so you don't eat shit. Oh, I see. You learn how to yeah. throw it with that. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then you go. Yeah, because you got to you got to if, if you're doing a what I, I guess is I'm going to try to some of my terminology here today, Dave. Yeah. If you do a uh, toe side. Yeah, really. Right. You've got to not only bring it up, but you can't just bring it down and hit the toe edge because you're going to eat shit. Right. You've got to bring it down enough that the toe edge is up back up again so that it hits the water and you can there keep you going. Go. Correct. There you go. This is a heel side that you're doing. But same thing. Like I'm going to the audience can't see right now, but I'm using my phone as a, as a prop for Mike. But if you go up and, and my toe side edge is this edge of my phone and I go up and I yeah. don't get that edge back down. When that thing catches, it stops there, yeah. and you accelerate into the water. Of course. So yeah. your, your actually impact of crash is about five times greater. Than however fast you're going. With the board on than without the board. Yeah. So when you're learning it, I have people do it with no board. You actually leave the board, and now you're just in your bare feet. Yeah. But if you can get your bare feet back underneath and just stab into the water and you punch in, mm-hmm. you've got it. You've got it. You're there. You're, you're mentally over the, the hard part. Gotcha. So then you throw the board back on. But the first time you try it with the board on, your butthole puckers a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> a little scary. Just a, wee, just a wee bit. Especially yeah. if you've seen, if you've been on the boat when you got to go back and pick somebody up at the pool skimmer. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, Mike did. Now you, when we finally put your board back on, I don't think you had a crash. Did you, Mike? No. I landed every one I tried that day. And then it was. I mean, it, yeah. But the, the feeling without the board on it, when you leave the wake, the feeling is exactly the same. 
you just pull it back in easier. And once you've got the feeling, it's, it's kind of simple. But you, you left out a very important step in telling me how to do those. Okay. And that was you did not tell me to keep my feet together when okay. you go feet first into oh. the water. <laughs> when you come back down. Time, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. So did you uh, catch a little dingling of the jingles? Yes, very much so. Like they got mud flapped. Oh, <laughs> mud flapped. Well, a little, a, a little nutcrack there. <laughs> yep. But you learned a bunch of tricks. I remember every year coming up there, and you were always kind of the leader of your group up there. And you know, a lot of people looked up to you on learning new tricks. So, how many? Tr- you learned a bunch of tricks on the, those five years. Yeah, I did. Um, like I had the. You know, the back roll and the front roll and the scarecrow and the toe back and the toe back to revert 360s, you know, just the the basic stuff. Um, But what was more exciting for me than learning a new trick was I helped so many young guys get better. Uh, They were much better riders than I was. But uh, that sense of accomplishment of helping somebody learn a trick. it was it was really neat, and it's still to this day. There's one guy that texted me two years ago and said, "Mike, I need help with a tantrum to blind." I'm like, yep, I've never done a tantrum to blind. Yeah, but you've I done blind when really he's... enjoy living. Yeah, and so he sent me a video of it, and I'm like, "Well, you've got to get yourself a little more slack in the rope because he's not, you know, punching the boat enough." Right. So he it was pulling him over backwards. Yeah. So I went out on the boat with him and told him what he was doing wrong. And I just learned that by riding in the boat with you on what to look for uh, in when you see somebody, even if it's a trick you can't do. Sure. Tell where it's going wrong. Yeah. And in, ever since that, that trick's been dialed. And it's, it's still kind of cool how some of these guys – contact me and I haven't ridden in two years. Yeah. That was always hard for me to explain to parents when I was coaching full time is I'd always, some of them would be upset if you said they were only going to get three sets a day or four sets a day. And I said, well, you don't understand because when they're riding in the boat, watching the other people ride, they're actually learning a lot more than when they're on the water themselves. And it's a huge part of it to have everybody else in the boat. And, and it's your it's your buddies, too. You know, it's your comrades out yeah, there. Yeah, you're hanging you're, out with everybody. Yeah, I mean. It's, and, it's, and who wants to do four sets in a row? I mean, right? I mean, right. if you're doing 30 or even something. I heard yeah. you say earlier it was an hour a lesson. Yeah, half an hour usually. Okay. That you're on the water at one, your personal self. Right. Usually a half hour is about all you can handle. Yeah, you're after exhausted. that, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're like, I'm done. I, yeah. I don't need to do it. And then maybe go have lunch and then go out and do it another time that right. afternoon. But. right. But if you have four other people in the boat with you and you go out and ride, they're cheering you on. You're you're, right. you're in turn cheering them. And if you got a couple girls in the boat, that always seems to help. Oh <laughs> yeah, stimulate the boys yeah. a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, it's the whole lifestyle of it. And that's that's why water skiing and wakeboarding is such a big deal because it's a family event. You know, it's uh, it's almost like we when we took your kids tubing, and I thought I killed your kid. <laughs> you remember that? Day? I too thought. I remember that day. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> what happened? Tell the story. I can probably, yeah. So we were two and, um, for everyone that doesn't know, Mike has a kid that's my age, 23 now, right? Mike. Mm-hmm. So we were probably what? 16, 17 at the time. And we went tubing 
and I think it was a three-person sit-down tube, like triangular sit-down tube. Sure. And he whips us into this wake, and I'm on the outside, like the far side of the tube, and I just get launched, and my knee comes over and just crushes his nose. Oh, God. Like, we get out of the water, and his nose is completely sideways. Oh, no. So that was uh, that's what you get for tubing behind my boat. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I I actually uh, got pulled tubing uh, by you know Big Clay, Clay yeah, Rollins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like he was thinking he was gonna be oh ha 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 I'm gonna scare the crap out of Mike and take me really close to this dock. Well, he oh, swung no. by one time, and I was close. I mean, probably within six or eight feet of this oh, thing. That's dangerous. Yeah, it's super dangerous. Yeah. So and I was like, stop it! Like you know, I don't want to let go because he was flying. Yeah. Uh, so on the next one, uh, he started coming close again and I let go and I went head over heel. I swear. I remember just tumbling over the top of the surface of the waters, how yeah. fast he was going. And I'm a big guy. <laughs> so for me to be tumbling over the surface of the water, like I'm doing cartwheels on, yeah. like I look like Jesus for half a second doing <laughs> cartwheels on the water. Yeah. This guy's walking yeah. on water. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the he looks like drunk Jesus. Yeah, walking drunk, across water. drunk, fat Jesus doing <laughs> cartwheels on the fucking middle of the lake. And uh, and uh, I gotta tell you, I'll, I'll never do it again. I'll ne- well, at least not by him. And now it sounds like you're not. Well, me what I do either. is I don't go near docks. That's just stupid. That but, is stupid. But what I do is I, I drive a, what's called a double up, which is when the boat does a big turn and it comes back over its own waves at ninety degrees. Yeah. And what I do is I leave the tube on the inside of the turn after I make the double up. I leave the tube on the inside and I keep the line perfectly tight so the tube's not moving. It's yeah. just sitting in one spot. Just waiting for as the boat I drive to straighten around. out. And, and then, yeah, when I get back into the wave, if you time it perfectly, the tube runs right in the old waves until it hits the new one. Uh-huh. And if you time it right and there's a lot of air in the tube, the tube compresses <laughs> and sends. We, we've got photos of a tube oh, higher than tw- the tower. 20 feet in the air. 20 feet in the air. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Why, why would you do that <laughs> to someone? Because I don't like tubing. <laughs> I don't like people going tubing. It messes what, up the water. What What do you mean? It's, it's a water sport. No, it's, it's not a fun. water sport. It's a, oh, that shit's fun. a water sport. With him <laughs> it, driving, it, it, if he's <laughs> driving, that shit's a water sport. <laughs> it's people having fun on the water. Yeah. You should love tubing. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we do for tubers. And then it destroys the lake. And then nobody wants to ride my tube again. And it's perfect. It's perfect. So, Mike, what are you doing now? You, you've got a podcast going. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Um, well, I am, I grew up on an organic dairy farm, and I work in the organic uh, industry. And uh, then me and a actually my boss now uh, started a little side gig three years ago. We do a, a podcast called Back to the Roots Podcast. Okay. And it's um, it it's partially mixing in what we call the playing community and you know, having Amish people uh, on the podcast to explain what they're doing. It's mostly based on or- organic agriculture, but it kind of ties in the cultural side too. So we've, yeah, we such a cool idea because f- organic's so big right now. I mean, organic is such a huge, it's every grocery store. And if you try to watch what you eat at all, everybody's into organic. So the timing couldn't be better for you. Explain to me why organic is better than regular. Well, for one, I know how the animals are raised. Uh, I know what they're fed. Uh, I just don't think putting pesticides and herbicides onto any food product, I don't think that should be done. Um, but, you know, it's easy for me to, to talk about the positives of it because I grew up in it. Uh, 
for somebody that didn't grow up in it, for me, it's just second nature. Uh, but, and from an animal care standpoint, uh, there's a real focus on animal agriculture uh, with the standards, with the animal care. Um, so that's my biggest push for organics. And, uh, you know, non-GMOs or non-GMO uh, is also there. But I just don't like the idea of having herbicides or pesticides on my food. Yeah. So, but, but okay. So if, 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 if you're doing it organic, how do you keep bugs and things like that from destroying your crop? Um, well, if, if your if your soil is right and you're raising a healthy crop, generally the bugs won't attack it nearly as bad. There is some, and there's a lot of organic, um, approved pesticides that are a natural pesticide or herbicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's a lot of tools for organics. It's not just you plant it and you wait to harvest it, um, you know, there's there's a lot of technology that is being used in organic agriculture. It's it's not uh, there's a term called we call it organic by neglect. Somebody who just does a terrible job of farming, uh, but doesn't <laughs> spray anything or anything like that. He's organic because he doesn't put anything on his field. Yeah. So, so doing it the right way, it is definitely more labor intensive and the cost of it is higher. And that's why the cost is higher in the store. Right. Right. But I, I feel the taste difference. Like we've been eating organic now for probably, I don't know, probably five, six years, pretty strictly. And uh, I definitely tell the taste difference. It's, it's unbelievable. Like especially yeah. in eggs, eggs big time. And uh, even the milk, you know, why, why that is weird that we are the only species that drinks another animal's milk. Yeah, but it's so good. It is good. Give me some right milk. now. How do yeah. you have chocolate chips without yeah. milk? How do you have toast without butter? Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. So um, how's the, how do people get a hold of your podcast? How do they hear about it? And how do they get to it? Uh, we have a website. It is a Back to the Roots podcast. The website is B, the number two, the letter R, podcast.com, B2Rpodcast.com. Okay. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. I don't know, all that stuff. I hate social media, so we have somebody doing that for us. Right uh, but this is just a little side gig that we're doing and, and really enjoying it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And your boys are all about to move out, right? I mean, they're all grown up now. Yeah. Well, I still have one who thinks I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got a 23 year old who's not living at home yeah. Drew, the one that Chad busted his face. Yeah. Um, then we have Chris. He is in, in college. Well, he's home now because their baseball season and everything got canceled. Right. Uh, he's playing college. Baseball, then Tyler's 19, graduated last year. And then we have Jackson, an eight-year-old. Wow. So, Yeah, crazy. How is uh, the coronavirus, before we get off, before we wrap up this podcast, we didn't talk about it much on this episode, but, you know, I, I was watching the news today, and uh, I think we're up to 367,000 global cases. Uh, what was the global the global like, deaths? Year about year, or global deaths. I'm global sure. deaths were like 35 hundred i want to say i know in america it was 500 deaths and it was about uh 37,000 cases so it's a you know it's spreading fast and it's scary what's going on up there well surprisingly enough uh they are we have not had a positive in holmes county but there's no doubt that we have it here uh 
people just don't tend to run to the doctor as quick. So, sure. I mean, like everything just last night or actually tonight at midnight, uh, we go into stay at home lockdown in all of uh, Ohio. Essential businesses are allowed to be open. Uh, it's, it's so bad that actually 90 plus percent of the Amish churches canceled church. Wow. And that doesn't my dad happen. Said that, that is the first time that has ever happened. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's scary. I'm thing. guessing we're going to see a breakout here because we have a lot of snowbirds that go to Florida and they, uh, on a suburb of Sarasota called Pinecraft is where all the Amish go. Yeah. Well, so if anybody was exposed there, um, it's going to, it's going to hit the highly populated Amish areas big time. Right. Right. It's crazy, man. You know, the, the, I was watching today and they had the consulate, the Chinese consulate in Wuhan, China, and they were asking them questions and the Chinese now are trying to pin it and say that this was invented in America. And it's so weird the way they're throwing this thing around now. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, a bunch of people in Wuhan, China had it, and then they traveled across the planet. And if they were contained, this thing wouldn't be such a huge outbreak as it is. It's scary. It's scary. And I, and I personally, you know, I've got my own conspiracy theories, but I would not put it past China to have a, to fight back on the 25% tariff that we put on them and not, not afraid to make it go global just to make America feel it. No, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's weird like yeah. you drive which because i work in the organic food industry uh with the farmers uh i'm allowed to to travel for work but there's nobody on the road yeah like it's dead. it's a ghost town it's it's eerie yeah it's scary and i mean people not working for a month to two months at a time this is going to be a, a big hit so save your money people don't uh don't be spending foolishly and uh stay locked in Great. I just bought a new air conditioner and a new bike. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Dave. Yeah, well, you're going to have to why learn could, how to sweat. Yeah. God and- <laughs> why couldn't you? Why couldn't you if you had come out and said that like last week? <laughs> told me to save my money, damn it. <laughs> right on. Well, Mike, anything else you want to plug? No, just the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, we actually have a very, very interesting woman on the episode we released today. Her name's Melissa Wyland. Yeah. Uh, she's actually a co-worker, but she is a, an advo- a food advocate. And uh, it's it was really, it was probably the favorite episode I've ever done. So, oh, right on. Yeah, check it out. Check out the website, and we'll have some swag on there soon. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Chad, anything you want to plug in at the end here? Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Stop spreading this shit. Yeah, yeah. And get on Patreon. Chad is in charge of Patreon. So get on there and become members to get the bonus episodes. Try to keep liking us on Facebook and Instagram. And let's keep this thing growing. On behalf of Mike Lee, I'm Dave Briscoe. Thanks, everybody. See you next time on The Outside Edge. Thank you.